Okay, I'm just chatting with Bree Staker. She is a School of the Air teacher out in Broken Hill and an expert on teaching children at home. We're just going to give some advice to preschool teachers across the state. So Bree, how do SOTA teachers stay connected to their children without seeing them face to face? Uh, we connect with our children and our families in a number of ways. Uh, the first being video recordings using Screencast-O-Matic. This is where we provide feedback to the children on what they've done for the week. Phone calls and by going live on our closed SOTA uh, preschool page, Facebook page. By using the live Facebook option, we're able to read to our children and create small group learning opportunities where the children can ask and answer questions just like if they were face-to-face. Okay, I'm here with Jan Sean. She's also a SOTA teacher at Broken Hill and we're just going to continue with the same question. So how do you build and maintain relationships with children and families, Jan? Well, as Bree said, we use Facebook um, screencast-o-matic and recordings to the kids, um, Edmodo and a lot of platforms like that. And then mainly with the families we use, we are continually emailing each other if they've got questions, if we want to send them something and occasional phone calls as well. Fantastic. Thanks, Jan. Okay, I'm back with Bree, and we just had a few more questions. We'd really love to hear about some of the strengths that the model of School of the Air offers. Can you elaborate? Yes, I can. So first of all, um, one of the biggest strengths is that each of the children get one-on-one learning. In some cases, they've got siblings and maybe a little more, but um, the ratio is really good. The other strength is that we get a lot of family engagement in the children's learning. And the most important part is that the children get to spend more quality time with their families and be more involved in activities around the house, such as playing board games, helping out with the chores to get some life skills and playing lots of other games with their families. Okay, Jan, let's continue with this. How do SOTA teachers gather feedback and assessment from families to extend children's individual learning? Well, for, to start with, what we do is we send out um, our booklets, which is like a preschool classes weekly program. And in that booklet, we have learning intentions and um, suggestions for the feedback from the supervisor. So that would be like, how did your child react when challenged? Could they use scissors? That sort of feedback. And then the supervisor will document all that for the activities and also send photos of the, or videos of the children. So once we get that feedback, we go through it and then if we feel they need an individual challenge, for example, um, the supervisor may have said they can't use scissors or they're crying and walking away from the blocks when they fall down, we then send an individual, we call them challenges, and that can either be by email or a recording or sometimes we even send like they may not um, be good at taking in turns. So we'll send a game out for the family to play games and we give them on a, just a document of challenges to do. We also do class challenges for individual learning. So recently we had a classroom and we've seen the children. So through observations and OT screening, we found out the kids weren't good at scissors. So on our Facebook page, we then 
one week we sent a scissor challenge. The next week we sent, they had to dress themselves because they weren't good at buttons. Mm -hmm. So each week we give them a challenge. So that's how we try and do the individual learning by individual Mm -hmm. challenges. But the booklets for the week are more the same. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting, Jan. Thank you. To extend on that, how do you assess children using this feedback that you gather? So we record on a document that Bree and I have made um, and it reflects all the ELF uh, outcomes. So we get the feedback sheet back from the supervisor. We allow them to design that in any way they like. Some are it's on PowerPoint, some is on Word because we don't know their computer skills. Then what we do is we open up their document and our document and if they're good at wording, sometimes we only have to cut and paste. Um, over to what outcome it was. So, for example, um, it might have been uh, the child can use scissors easily. So we would then put that into the document under fine motor mm-hmm. and we'd put term one, week five, Tom showed us how Tom could use scissors. Mm-hmm. But if it's a long paragraph and long-winded, we will summarise that and type it in ourselves, not copy and paste. So, yeah, that's how we do it. And then later, the document that we've made up that we're cutting and pasting into becomes our learning statement for the end of the year. Great. So that informs your reporting on the child's progress through the year. Yes. So you don't have to double up and rewrite a whole program. You're actually putting pictures and their outcomes they're meeting into that document straight away. Great. So it's an excellent bank of evidence that you have by the end of the year. Um, We also um, keep our records so every child has an individual folder and in that whenever we get a feedback, a photo, a report, anything to do with that child, we keep it in there. Excellent. Um, So a digital folder? Yeah. So just a digital folder which can be, we keep them on um, Google Drive at the moment Mm because they end up quite big because you've got videos and photos. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that can be kept on whatever the school chooses to keep it on. So every child has a photo of everything they've sent in. Fantastic. Okay, I'm back with Bree. Bree, what do you do if families don't send you any feedback? Okay, so this actually does occur. Um, We've had this happen. So what we've done in the past is that we ring families or we'll email them. We'll just check in with them to make sure that everything's okay. Um, And if they do need support... Um, we'll provide them with support in um, a method that suits them. So, for instance, if they have several children and it is difficult for them to be sending in large amounts of feedback, we'll offer them advice, like perhaps just sending some quick videos or um, even just some photos. Fantastic. Thanks, Bree. And don't let them have to think about it because we've got to remember they're not the teachers. So we take that, I mean, take that away from them. So this is what we want you to answer after this activity. And if you're very specific, they seem to do it Mm. and it's easier for them. Great. Thanks, Jan. And I guess um, also trying not to overwhelm the families with too much information as well is a good way to support them. We also do say don't repeat things because in our booklets, um, even though it's a different activity, we still may be concentrating on fine motor. Mm. So um, if they miss something and they're away or they just didn't do the activity because it was all too hard, we tell them do not catch up, just mm. keep going on because those um, outcomes will be met in another booklet or another mm. week. So um, we try to take the pressure off them, no catch up, 
you know, and every week will be different because every home is different. So you've got to just take that off of them. And one, one week you might get four photos and the next week you might get a novel. <laughs> so we just go with the flow and don't pressure, put pressure on them. Yeah, great advice. Thanks, Jan. Mm. Okay, just to close off our discussions, um, Jan and Bree are going to give us some advice on how to work with 40 children <laughs> across the week with remote learning. The best advice we can do is what we, well, we, we, we've done is you have to decide what order you put things into, um, which is most important. So you have videos that you need to return the children. You have feedback that needs to be given and recorded and you have programming to do. So each school or each group will make up their own order of what's most important. But firstly, sit down as a group and decide what comes first, second and third. And then what we have found works, we divide the class. And I know some other um, centres do have focused children for the day. We actually don't hone in on a child, but we will say we will do a reflection of two children a day. So you might have to do whatever. And then what you do then too is you divide the roles so you're not doubling up. So you might give each teacher five kids to do or a week or Divide the roles, what you're doing. Someone might be programming. Someone might be doing the feedback. Feedback and videos go together. Divide the teacher's roles so you're not all burning out. And then the biggest thing for distance learning is time management. And we usually have a timeline, an achievable timeline, which is important because don't make yourself think you're going to actually get stuff back to 40 kids in a week. You're not. Mm. Um, I can guarantee you. So... Get an achievable timeline and when you want to have so every child by four weeks has had some contact maybe or something for that example. Make sure your timelines are achievable and that's mainly what we've done that has helped not doubling up and helped make it a little bit better. Great, thanks Jan. And Bree, do you want to add any advice to that? Yeah, another piece of advice that I would have is to just keep calm, don't freak out because at the end of the day, um, you're all professional educators and you know what you're doing. It's just about delivering it in a different way.